Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Ambassadors Forum radio show here on True Talk 800 AM KPDQ. I'm your host, Roy Swart, father of seven, MIT graduate, active engineer in the high-tech industry, and most importantly, bought and paid for bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our mission here at the Ambassadors Forum is to equip you to be able to answer life's hard questions the same way Jesus would. Today we're going to cover a pretty sensitive topic, transgenderism. If you normally listen to this show with young children, you may want to preview this one first in case there's any content they might find confusing or may need a little more explanation. My guest today is Kathy Grace Duncan. Kathy Grace knows firsthand what it's like to struggle with her identity and has an inspiring journey out of hurt and into healing as she finally found lasting hope in Jesus Christ. Today, she ministers with Portland Fellowship and tries to help people be whole by living as who God created them to be. Kathy Grace, welcome to the show. Thank you. I know you have a powerful and painful testimony of God's love and faithfulness in your life. Please tell us your story. It starts when I was very young, probably about four. I always felt that I should have been a boy. And I would ride my tricycle over to pick up my girlfriend because we were going to get married. Um, I really longed to be this boy and felt the whole time growing up that I was born into the wrong body. And that feeling never left me at all. And then, you know, my home life, I was also raised in a very dysfunctional family. My dad was very verbally and emotionally abusive to my mom. And to us kids, I have uh, a younger brother, younger sister, and an older brother. Uh, He was also emotionally unavailable for us. And so as I watched my dad treat my mom, I didn't have the tools to really look at that and go, okay, my dad's just not very nice. I looked at it, you know, he's, he's telling her, you know, you're weak, you're vulnerable, and he treats her like she's hated. Mm. And so when I watch my mom, I'm like, oh my gosh, you act like you're vulnerable and you look pretty weak. And, you know, yeah, I can see why you would be hated. Mm. You know, and again, it's just my little, my little four-year-old mind. And then that also being affirmed the whole time I grow up watching this interaction. And so looking at my mom, who's supposed to be my role model, I'm like, okay, if I'm a girl, I'm going to grow up and I'm going to be weak and hated and vulnerable. And I don't want to be that, but then there's my dad. So I made a vow at a very young age that I'm going to grow up and I'm going to be the man my dad is not. Mm. And so that was, that was my goal. Now, little did I know that those three things had taken up residency in me, those three lies, being weak, vulnerable, and hated, and that's Mm. how I saw life out through. So the only way for me to really escape that, because I I was already beginning to really hate who I was physically Mm. as a girl, my body. And so there was lots of affirmations along the way um, that told me that, yes, I should be a boy, mostly in my my family dynamics. There was a, um, a boy who lived next door to me and we became friends and I shared with him my desire and he celebrated it. He, he was like, cool, now we can be cousins, you know, we can act mm-hmm. like brothers. And that was my real first affirmation that, um, yes, I'm, I'm on the right road. I should be living this way. Mm-hmm. 
So after through all of those struggles at the age of 19, I decided to live as a man, change my name, start the hormone therapy and move out of the house. I had already been doing my research. And so I found a doctor in Portland and I did. I started the hormones, changed my name and I moved in with a single mom. She had two uh, young daughters. Mm. And when I started the hormones, I thought it was free. You know, at the age of 19, I was so desperate to get out of this body, to get out of this life and live who I thought I should have always been, who I felt I was born to be. After moving in with this family, the daughters, they were uh, 12 and 14, they kept asking me to go to church with them. Hmm. And they were both Christians. Now I was raised Lutheran, so I knew about God, but I really didn't have a relationship. I didn't know that you could do that. I just thought that you always served him, you know, kind of like a taskmaster, I think. Hmm. And so when I went to this church and I'm hearing about Jesus, I'm like, okay, who is this Jesus guy? Because <laughs> he sounds pretty cool. I, I really want to know him. Hmm. And so after about two weeks of going to this church and you know i'm brand new into the lifestyle mm. and um so i go down and i take the altar call to accept jesus as my lord and savior when i got up the next day i didn't feel any different i didn't hear any voices telling me you know go back this is wrong and so i thought god was okay with my choices so i continued on to live as a man I got my first job as a man, and it was through a lady that I went to church with, and my dad found out where I was working. And so he went in and he told my boss, this is really not a man who's working for you, it's my daughter. And so I got fired from that job. And at the same time, the woman from church who had gotten me the job overheard the conversation. And so she went to the pastors and told them what she heard. And the next time I went to church, they called me into the office. And when I went in there, I had this feeling that something was going to happen. And they asked me, you know, we're hearing these rumors about you and we just want to know, you know, who are you? Who are you really? And I said, well, I'm a man who used to be a woman. And their response to me was, we love you, but you can't stay here. Hmm. So lose my job, lose my church. So, but it, it, that still didn't deter me from continuing to live as a man. I didn't have the conviction to come out, but there was a four year period. Um, now I'm still living as a man and I'm opening my heart everywhere to the Lord. I'm getting involved with the junior high ministry. I was leading a men's small, uh, small Bible study. I was also involved in the college age group as well as the single adults. And I was just hungry for the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't get enough of him. And then the Lord brought along some spiritual parents. The spiritual dad, Gary, he actually began to work on my dad's stuff. The Lord really used him to work on my dad's stuff. And I didn't know that at the time. I began to trust the Lord more and more. My spiritual dad approached me and he's like, hey, uh, can we talk to you? And I'm like, yeah. I was like, I think I'm going to be confronted. One of the pastors um, who I was friends with, his name was Dave, was in there. And as soon as I saw him, I thought, okay, yeah, here we go. I'm going to be confronted. Dave's sitting across from me and he says, hey, uh, we're, we're just hearing some rumors about you. And I just want to know, who are you? Who are you really? 
And this time my response was, I'm a woman living as a man, which that was the absolute truth. I've mm. never been a man who used to be a woman. Mm. And so when I said that, I'm a woman living as a man, the Holy Spirit blew into me. It was like this, this wow. huge wind. Mm. And in that moment, I saw I have to go back to being a woman. I, I have to. And I need to go and step down from ministry from this pastor and that pastor and step down. And I need to go break up with my girlfriend. I started the process out, stepped down from the ministries, and I stopped taking the hormones, cold turkey. didn't know what that was going to do, but I didn't care. At that point, I was living up in Vancouver. I moved back to Portland, and I found the Portland Fellowship. And one of my questions to the Lord, my very first question was like, okay, how are you gonna change this? Because I look like a man, you need to change. You know, I started listing off all these physical attributes that he needed to change. And finally, after a couple of weeks of pursuing the Lord, he said to me, uh, yeah, I don't care about those things. Hmm. And I'm like, okay, how, okay, uh, well, why don't you care about those? Because you, you've called me back to being this woman and." I know you can see what I look like and I don't look like a woman. Hmm. And the Lord said, yeah, I don't care about those things because I'm after your heart. Hmm. Oh, and so that, that really helped me to understand because for me, it was all about the physical being, how I looked, how I was presenting myself. And if you're calling me back to being a woman, well, then you need to do something like yesterday to help me, you know, look like this woman. Hmm. And when he said, he's like, you know what, but I'm after your heart. I, it, it something inside me just kind of rested. It was kind of like, okay, we don't have to worry about that right now. Continued to work on that. And then it was probably about five, four and a half, five, maybe even five and a half years that working through all that process and, you know, the effects of the hormones wearing off that I was finally able to begin to live as the woman that God created me to be again, change my name back, kind of He's made a place for me, if I could put it that way, hmm. um, as I've followed him into who he's created me to be. And it's amazing. Wow. What a powerful testimony of God's grace and faithfulness to you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. It sounds like there were so many lies that were part of your story. What are the mm -hmm. lies coming from our culture today that you think are particularly destructive to a young person's mental state and and makes them more vulnerable to being deceived? I think probably one of the biggest lies is, you know, I, I go back to something that Josh McDowell said, truth is now becoming an emotion. It is an emotion. And I think that's true. The lies the culture so much enforces is if it feels good, do that, wow. you know? Yeah. And if this is who you're supposed to be, then be that. And it's affirmed all, all the lies that they already believe saying what you believe is right because that's your truth mm. rather than this is the truth. For me too, the Lord revealed that there's also roots in there. There's rejection, abandonment, and abuse. And, um, you know, those were in there with those lies. We already have a heap, at least I did. I had a heap of lies that I already believed. Then on top of that, yes, go and live as a man because that's who you feel, who your real self is. Mm. And, you know, I later found out that my feelings were really deceiving me. 
they totally deceived me. Mm. And I based a whole belief system on these lies. Because if those feelings are true, then these lies have to be true because that's how I feel. And a lot of the times that the question, why do you feel that isn't asked, you know, or who told you that's a good feeling? Mm, wow. um, you know, as you run on these emotions, you know, emotions can run really high and be very strong and be very believable, but it still doesn't make them true. Mm. Wow, that's that's very good. And I remember Josh sharing that and it was it hit me the same way. I thought, boy, that one lie that whatever mm-hmm. you feel is truth. Like you said, it it can magnify so many other lies and affirm so many other lies. Mm-hmm. It also sounded like you were very confused at, at points in your journey, and it seems mm-hmm. like confusion is a a common trait among those who question their identity and their sexuality. How can parents help their kids have a voice so that they can articulate the questions and doubts that they're struggling with? How can we help them process those feelings and emotions, which are real, but like you said, they can be deceptive. How can we help them process those feelings and emotions along with the reality of their experience to try and, you know, help them find the truth? What can parents do? Yeah, the big ball of yarn that has to be <laughs> so carefully unraveled. <laughs> so much going through my head right now. I, I think for the child, for that young adult person, they need to know that they're safe. Hmm. And they need to know that they're going to be heard, even if... See, when they say what they're going to say, they don't think it's ridiculous because that's their truth. Mm. You know, that's the way they feel. That's what they believe. And that's strong in there. It was totally strong for me. Mm. And so to tell them, oh, but that's not the way you feel, they're going to put their guard up. Mm. That's not, that's not, if I can put it this way, that's not a good or appropriate thing to say because you don't know that they don't feel that way. Mm. And they're mad because they do feel that way and you don't listen that they feel that way. So even Mm. if they say things that you're just like, oh my gosh, that's so wrong. Don't say that. Just go, oh, wow, I didn't know that. You know, and saying, I'm sorry. Wow, I'm sorry that you feel that way. Mm. Um, So empathizing with them and then asking them the question, you know, why, why do you think you feel that way? Do you know um, what got you there, you know, or what, what are the kids at school saying to you? It's asking those questions that will lead them to another place in their thinking, because they may not know how they got there, but if you continue to ask the questions around that, maybe phrasing it differently, Mm. you know, it'll give them something to think about. And again, even if they don't know and they tell you, I know, I don't know, mom, I don't know, dad, why are you, why do you keep asking me these questions? You know, and you're just like, well, because I want to understand, I want to understand why you need this, hmm. um, you know, why do you feel this way? And it's okay. I Can you just take the question away and just think about it, you know, hmm. and then pray really hard that the Lord reveals <laughs> to them yeah. because that's really prayer is going to be your main weapon of warfare. Mm. That's what's going to break through the deception is going to be the prayer. 
when I came into the truth, I found that there was people out there praying for me while I was living as a man mm. for a long time. And, you know, they told me every day that they prayed for me. Wow. So it's being faithful in the prayer, even if you don't see movement, even if there's no truth that they're saying or believing or walking in, even if it looks like they're going deeper into the lifestyle, you got to continue to pray and believe that the, the Lord's arm is not too short to save. Hmm. Those are great examples. Um, When I think about this, if your loved one is in a homosexual lifestyle, you Mm -hmm. can still engage with them and just not support their sexual choices. But when your loved one is in the transgender lifestyle, it affects Mm -hmm. everything about them because they're not just expressing a lifestyle preference, they're changing their identity. And so... If you're a Christian parent or a sibling or a friend, let's say that the transgender loved one is an unbeliever. How -hmm. would they show them love, but also not compromise the truth? That's another kind of tricky, tightrope, fine line situation. And the reason is, is because it depends on the level of relationship. Hmm. Now, if it's a brother or a sister, mom or dad, yeah, you can say, I don't agree with that. I can't call you he when, you know, it's your daughter and vice versa. I know you want to go by a different name, and I I can't agree with that. Hmm. And the reason that it's important that you stand that ground is by saying he when it's really your daughter or calling them, you know, Mark when it's really Lori, is that you're affirming that lie. They think, hmm. okay, you think I'm right too. They may not voice that. But that's what's happening spiritually is you're affirming that lie. Now, they're going to get mad. They're going to get angry because you don't agree with them. You're not in agreement with the lie. Hmm. And, you know, a lot of parents go, oh, my gosh, uh, if I don't agree with my child, they might commit suicide because that's what they're telling me. Hmm. Sadly, if you do go along with it and you back them, they can still commit suicide. Hmm. So it's not agreement with the lie that's going to push them any further than what they're already willing to go. Hmm. If it's, you know, a close friend and you're struggling with that, you need to have a conversation. Just say, you know what, you're, you're my best friend and I don't know how to process this. And a lot of times, you know, those who are transgender, they have already lived in that life. They've already been processing this. And so they load it on you, expecting you to answer in the right way. Hmm. but you're just now processing it. So it's okay to go, you know what? You just, you're just now telling me about this and I need some time to think about this. Hmm. I need to step back and process what you're telling me. And I would recommend that for anyone. If it's your good friend, again, you have to have that conversation, especially if you're a believer saying, and they're a believer, I don't believe that way. The other thing I want to really encourage especially if it's an unbeliever, you're a believer and you've met this transgender person, don't make them your project, (laughs) you know, because if they're going to know. And Mm. when you make them the project, you've just tried to become God to them. Mm. And it's just become about you rather than really hearing about, you know, how did you get here? You know, why, why do you like being trans? Mm. 
Mm. You know, ask asking questions and, you know, hanging out, going for ice cream and then just asking them questions about them, getting to know them. Mm. And then at the same time, asking the Lord, okay, where's that little piece where I can drop some wisdom in? Mm. And just go, you know, have you ever thought that, you know, maybe God, whatever is. The whole LGBTQ thing is really about relationship. Mm. You know, it's not a sexual issue. It's a relational issue. So if we come into that place, because they're looking for something relationally, they mm. either didn't get or they did it and it's bad. I don't know what their perception of all that would be. They don't know who they are. So it's looking at not just what they're doing, because that's not who they are. It's looking into who does God say they are and what things about them that are good and, and calling those in too. You know, speaking into those things. Hey, I saw that you did this. That was amazing. Oh, my gosh. You know, and beginning to look for those positive things that you can affirm rather than focusing on the things that you can't affirm. Wow, that's really good. I think this will be the final question. What advice do you have for a young person who who might be listening to this program right now who may be considering hormone treatment or surgery? What would you advise them? Um, you know, you need to talk to those who have either come out of that. You need to do your homework. A lot of the surgeries that are going on right now have gotten better, but they're still, they still make a mess. You're ruining your body basically, because what if you have that conversion, you know, that realization, you know what, I need to go back to being the man or the woman that God created me to be, your body's now ruined. And that is a real point of where people decide to take their life because now they're really stuck. Also, if you're considering surgery if you're or even just hormones, think about, you know, what is it that you're trying to fill by this? What is it that you're trying to escape? You know, why don't you want to be that woman or that man? Because I'm, I'm going to tell you, you know, I took hormones and it didn't change the struggle. It didn't change my pain. And in some cases, it intensified it. And it didn't matter how many hormones I took and, you know, the, the things that I did to look more and more like a man, I still struggled with who I am. It doesn't go away. And those, um, now I, I only had top surgery um, but I've talked to people who have gone the full gamut and went through all the surgeries. You know, they, they say you can do it in like two or three. Well, all of them, all of them that I've talked to have had at least six or seven. And they still, the surgeries still don't fun- make you function correctly. And even then, there's still things that they have to continue to stuff because the surgery didn't take care of that pain. It didn't fill that void. It didn't change any of those longings. They're still stuck. Because whatever you're about to step into, whether hormones or surgery, it's not going to make you whole. It's not going to fill what you're hoping will, and you're really not free. In fact, you're, you're stepping deeper into the deception. Wow, th- th- this is great wisdom Thank you for being on our show today and sharing your heart and the work that God has done in your life and the work that you want to try and help others with. Uh, This has been a real privilege and joy to talk with you today. Thank you, Roy. I'm honored to be here. 
Wow, what a powerful testimony from Kathy Grace. If you know someone that may be helped by listening to this program, you can find this episode in our radio archive on our website, theambassadorsforum.com, on the radio tab. Also, Kathy Grace spoke for a full hour at our recent apologetics conference. If you want to access that video, which has a fuller version of her testimony as well as some other questions and answers, there will be a link to that as well. Now, how about you? Where are you with the Lord today? What hard questions are you struggling with? The Bible has answers. In fact, it has the answer to the hard question that you are struggling with right now. Whether that's your identity, your sexuality, what you believe about God, who God is, the Bible has the answers. You can do this. And the Ambassadors Forum is here to help you get started. Go to our website at theambassadorsforum.com. While you're there, you can look at some of the questions we've already answered. You can ask us your hard question. You can sign up to receive our monthly newsletter. You can browse through some of our other helpful resources. Make sure to follow us on Facebook. And join us for our next monthly forum next Friday, November 20th at 7 p.m. for an open Q&A. Bring your hard questions and let's have a great discussion. Finally, thank you for joining us on the radio today. You can join us every Saturday at 9.30 a.m. here on Two Talk 800 a.m. KPDQ. I pray that God will raise you up in your own faith and send you out to share that faith with others in the grace and truth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Until next time, I'm Roy Swart. May the Lord bless you and keep you. 